Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Soberland. I am your beloved host, uh, Lindsay, and today's guest is friend of the pod, my basically my co-host, <laughs> co-partner in life. Oh my god, I'm not recording this video. <laughs> <laughs> we're video recording and I forgot to hit record. Okay, now we're in. Uh, my co-partner in life, Gabby Papazaw. Bradford, Hi. shit. One day I'll get it right. One day. It's okay. It's a big change. I know. Uh, um, my Armenian neighbors are listening to Christina Aguilera, so yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys can't hear it. I think it's... <laughs> Quite. I think it'd be good background music. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Christina Aguilera stronger in the background. Yeah. But it's like these two like Armenian men in like their seventies. So I mean it's not what I expected for their <laughs> music taste. That's very true. But you know, they're living their lives, so that's good for them. Um whoo, welcome, Gabby. Thank you for having me back. Of course. <laughs> we you you've had um it was your birthday this past week. Yeah. Yeah. Had we a had whole like week-long celebration uh, <laughs> yeah your your party was pretty epic thank you um she had a 90s theme party which yes. if you follow me on instagram it was all over my story it was so <laughs> detailed like every decoration costumes the food yeah it was like the most it was something out of like a tv show you should be a party <laughs> planner yes i forgot um one of my like friends on instagram was like I forgot who now, so I'm sorry if you're listening and you said this, but they were like, oh my gosh, your party was so much fun. They're like, if you ever wanted to like switch careers, you should totally be a party planner. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, thank you, Amazon, for yeah. allowing us I to order. I highly recommend Amazon for party and any any needs, really. Right. Just anything you could ever want. Uh, and my responsibility for the party was to recreate the TRL like setup from MTV, like Carson Daly, if you remember that. And so I got like a New York backdrop and I made a TRL sign and we had amazing. microphones, <laughs> the cutout Olsen twins from your bachelorette trip. They made yeah. an appearance. The Olsen twins are like in the majority of my pictures. <laughs> we, we, well, we brought them on the dance floor for a while. Yeah. They were just like fully into integrated into the party. So. I feel like you, you can't throw them away because now oh, they're just no. like part of our friend group. Well, <laughs> after your bachelorette trip, I put them in the closet <clears throat> because I was like, well, they are kind of scary. Yeah, but then I brought them out for your birthday, and now they just kind of hang out in my kitchen, and I kind of feel safe. Like, if someone <laughs> was to break in, they would see them and, like, think that they're real people yeah. and maybe, like, run away. That's a good they're idea. They're like my watchdog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping with my party. Of course. It made it amazing, and it was, like, a wonderful 30th. Yeah. I mean, I was the only sober person there, which is... <laughs> story of my life but um and I had I mean I had so much fun dancing like we yeah. had the lights and the big like projector screen with the music videos and yeah. I just like was having the best time yeah I made a YouTube playlist with 182 videos and I think we watched almost all of them yeah it's like pretty impressive <laughs> oh my god and then we like had a pool party the next day mm -hmm. which it was like 55 degrees in Los Angeles I was like why did I even move here the weather is not going to be 70 <laughs> not degrees Not the best full day. day, but we still made it work. But it was fun. We still swam, like, all day. Yeah. It was, like, amazing. <laughs> um, my hair is, like, three yeah. different colors. Your hair is, like, way like, different. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> you were, like, asking me if I like it. I was like, I don't know yet because it hasn't, like, 
I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> I've had it for like three days and it's still like transforming. I got my hair, uh, I got a bleach and tone. I wanted to go like white, white blonde. And um, it ended up being kind of like violet because of the toner the, the lady used. And mm-hmm. so, w- which is like, I mean, it's a looks cool, but when you are expecting one thing and you get purple hair, you're like, whoa. <laughs> you're like, is this a mistake? <laughs> I was like, uh. But she's, she promised me it's the toner and it will wash out after two washes and then it will be the white blonde I want. So, but the whole thing was I couldn't wash it until three days later. So I just washed it. I got it done on Thursday. I just washed it today on Sunday. So it's like uh, I'm starting to see the purple come out and the new color come. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what the end result will be. But well, I think you look awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I like amazing. it. It's a fun, fun. Even look. if it stays purple, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, the purple is cool for a few days for sure. But um, I don't know if I want to live my life like that. So I don't um. know. Um, I I also got a tattoo another tattoo i know you have so many new things uh, this yeah week. i've yeah my friend amelia who's been on the podcast before she was on the self-care one she is a tattoo artist but she's also an intuitive reader and so she does this really cool thing where she'll do a tarot card reading with you and then you kind of like collaborate with her on a tattoo kind of inspired by the reading mm-hmm. and so um i did that with her and um I think like a common thing is just to kind of like pick a card that kind of stood out to you or really like spoke to you and then just like get that on your body. But Mm -hmm. kind of like the theme of all the things that we are talking about, um, I guess I should explain the process. Like the way she does the reading is like you ask a question about your life, something that you, you know, you're interested in getting some more direction on. And then she pulls three cards and then does the reading on that specific topic. So I, I might do something about like, my creativity and my creative outlet and what that looks like or relationships or my career or my anxiety. Those are like some of the ones we talked, all those things we talked about. And then she like, you ask the question specifically, she pulls the card, does the reading kind of the overall theme was one thing was to be more lighthearted and have more fun with these things. Like for example, creative outlets, like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out like that in my life right now so she was like have some fun with it like try different things like take a class in this and try this out and see if you like it and just like it doesn't have to be super heavy like what is it what is my calling and then I have to make a career out of that and I have to like monetize off that it's like just find what like makes you happy and what you enjoy creating and Mm -hmm. and same with like relationships like don't put so much anxiety and pressure on dates just go out and like have fun and like see what happens like so I definitely am guilty of that like being a little bit heavy on things in my life. So there was that. And also just kind of like with the my sobriety and my life, it's been a lot of me, um, you know, taking care of myself and growing. And so the tattoo that I got is actually, I saw an image of this on social media and I really loved it. I think I even reposted it, but I this image came to back to my mind after our, our talk during the tarot card reading and it's basically like this woman and she has flowers and plants growing out of her head she has like a little water canister and she's like watering herself and the flowers are growing and so to me that really uh resonated that's basically what I've been doing in my life is taking care of myself and growing so just kind of and it's right on my arm so I can look down on it and you know remember to keep going so it's a special tattoo. I love it. It's awesome. I think it's like such a cute little reminder, you know. Yeah. And it's like I have, I think, like eight tattoos at this point, but I've gotten them 
pretty spread out, like one one a year for the past few several years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool because they all kind of represent a very different place in my life. Right. Yeah. Like um, I have like the flamingo for when I left Florida, mm-hmm. you know, that was a big move. And I have this like it's fine tombstone, which I actually got like in a really really low point in my life where I was super depressed. But and that was kind of like the theme of my life was like it's fine. I'm just gonna keep going and ignore my problems and mm-hmm. whatever. And then now this one. So I just like. It's really cool to to have yeah. all these. They I kind of love that they're so close to each other too. It's <laughs> yeah. like two very opposite, very emotions. different times in my yeah, life. Yeah, times in your life. Yeah, so cool. You need to get a tattoo now. <laughs> I know. I don't. I just don't know what I'd want. So just get like disco's head. <laughs> get a okay. disco ball. That would be cool. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so this is the first time I've recorded in three weeks. Which is the longest I've gone. Yeah. Oh, I've crazy. been missing the pods. Yeah. Like every time I, on my way to work, I'm oh, like looking for, for a new episode. <laughs> yeah. It's been, um, I was going through some really bad depression recently, like really scary, like suicidal thoughts, um, really down. And I just had no motivation to do anything. It kind of took like everything in me to even post the last one. Like I waited like two weeks to post that one. And then, yeah. And I just haven't been up to recording. And, um, you know, I've, it's really, it sucks. If you have depression, you are probably familiar. It's just like all of a sudden you just have like this sadness and hopelessness and you just have no motivation and you, you can't shake it off yourself. It's not just a pity party. It's like a chemical imbalance in your mind where you just, you, you don't have control over it. And so it really, really sucked. And, you know, um, thank God like I have a great support system and I go to therapy and I was able to talk about it and work through it. But like, I definitely had like suicidal thoughts and people were like on watch in my life, like you, and I know you were worried yeah. about me and, um, yeah. And so it really sucks and I'm trying to work through it. And I was, I, I actually realized a couple things like, um, uh, speaking with my therapist and my doctor, and I, I, I think basically they kind of diagnosed me with something called PMDD. It's premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is... Um, I don't, haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it's like PMS, but much more severe. You get like depression, anxiety, just like severe emotional distress and depression is like a huge symptom. So basically I, was, I recognize that this depression typically comes up like a week or a few days before my period. Sorry for the, the overshare, but we all... Hey, everyone has it. <laughs> yeah, periods. <laughs> if you're a girl, and I it, guess. And it plays a huge roller coaster ride on your uh, hormones and your emotions. And so, um, yeah, I, I would be really confused. It was confusing because I would get this severe depression all of a sudden, and I would just be like, what the fuck is going on? And then and then a few days later, I'd get my period. And I'd be like, ah, okay, okay, that that helps me, it helps explain it yeah. a little bit. It's Felt not just like out it, of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And then it would kind of continue throughout that. But at least I, I felt like I had some idea of what was going on. And so I I recognized that it was around the same time it would get really bad. And so I shared that with my, my doctor. And so, um, I mean, that's kind of like a win for me is like figuring out the details of my depression instead of just being like I'm depressed like yeah but the fact that um you know I'm actually working through like the details of it and trying to come up with with a solution to solve it is is gives me some hope and that's good um did they say like what you can do to like help with that yeah so my lady doctor 
who's actually a guy, but <laughs> my gynecologist, um, he prescribed um, antidepressants, and he's he gave me the option between Zoloft and Prozac, which Zoloft was the one I was on before, mm-hmm. which is a more... I'd say for anxiety, it's more like of a chill pill as a pro- as opposed to Prozac, which is more of like a mood booster, more yeah. for depression. But since I already took Zoloft and I didn't have the greatest experience, which I've shared on here, um, he went with Prozac. And so his recommendation is to uh, basically set up like a timer on my phone. So um, like two weeks after my period ends, so like a few days before the next one begins, I start taking the antidepressant and then I take that every day for two weeks until my period's basically over and then I stop completely so it's like two weeks on antidepressants two weeks off which I was like okay like uh I don't know about that because the whole issue with the Zoloft thing was like I was taking it inconsistently it was more like every other day as opposed to like two weeks on two weeks off but still I don't know so I told my therapist about this and she was a little hesitant and she really wants me to go to a a psychiatrist because I get it. Like they are the specialists on this kind of medication. And so um, I think I'm going to speak to one of them first before I do that. So um, I, but I think it's getting to the point honestly, where I think I need it. I mean, if I'm like having suicidal thoughts, that's really not serious. So definitely serious. Yeah. So I'm, kind of exploring that and trying to resolve that issue um if i do take it i want to be on like a really low dose and i would probably prefer to do it like you know two weeks on two weeks off so it's like very as a limited amount in my body as possible but um that's what i think is going to happen so i need to just it's no no, i was it's just it's like psychiatrists are so expensive you know and there's so many times they're um they're not covered by insurance and it's like three to four hundred dollars just for yeah. the initial meet and I obviously want a good one I've my last experience was not very good and I really want to find one that's like a therapist slash psychiatrist that would be ideal because from my experience and stories from others it's typically just like they're not really listening to your problems they're just right. like plugging it into a computer and then just like giving you yeah. this life-altering medication without really listening to you yeah. so I don't know that's I mean, I think it's really important to find someone that you feel comfortable with and that you feel like understands you and is not just like, okay, here, like, here's the prescription. It's like they really are like taking the time to like listen and hear you out and explain. Yeah. It's that those are the kinds of things that are so important. And I've like, I mean, I haven't gotten to see a psychiatrist, but like other doctors I've seen, it's like the ones that like you kind of feel like just like rush you in and out and like Mm -hmm. aren't really listening to you. Like that's when I feel like so uncomfortable and I don't, sometimes I haven't gone through with like treatments that they've recommended because I'm just like skeptical or like, I don't know. I just don't feel like comfortable. And so that's why I've like really tried. I mean, I'm still like in the process of like finding some new doctors and stuff, but it's, it's like hard sometimes because you don't know until you go see them and mm-hmm. it's like expensive. Mm-hmm. So and you got to try out different ones. But yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's like it's pretty shitty that doctors don't really take the time to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And exp- I mean, ex- I think it's really important for a doctor like this when you're prescribing like a mood altering, life changing medication. Yeah. You want to make sure that they fully understand your symptoms and are prescribing you something that's right yeah. for you. So yeah. I definitely want to like find the right doctor and then 
yeah and go from there that's but that's good i'm really proud of you for like <sighs> taking for being <laughs> depressed no for like i mean you obviously were in like a really bad space and you could have i mean you could have just like let yourself be there but you're like no i'm going to like really try and figure out a way to like get better and mm-hmm. like improve this and you like scheduled the appointments and you went and you're like working on trying to like so trying to like make it better so you don't have those episodes like all the time so i think yeah. it's even just especially with depression it's hard to even like get to a point where you're trying to help yourself so it's like i think you should that's why i'm proud of you for yeah, like really no, taking the steps like better, better you have yourself, you, you know? have the different options i mean yeah i could have like hurt myself or i could have like drank again that was obviously like an idea or option that popped in my head or mm-hmm. like try to take care of this and resolve it and so that's i mean that's yeah it's what i decided but i mean honestly sometimes like yeah taking care of yourself you're like okay yeah that's the best choice and sometimes it'd be like oh the no-brainer choice but i think it's really hard to make that decision when you feel like so down because i mean i've never had like as deep of a depression as you've shared with me but i've definitely been like really down and depressed before and I think it's like really hard to kind of want to do things that are like good for you, you know? Yeah. In the moment it is. I think one motivating thing for me was knowing that my one year of sobriety date was coming up. So, um, this Tuesday when this this will be, (laughs) yay, this will be out hopefully by then. But, um, yeah, it'll be my one year without alcohol. And so I think that was a huge motivating factor in this is like to stay sober I want to hit that date so badly and so that helped me that's awesome yeah it's exciting you need to go to dinner or something on Tuesday <laughs> and celebrate let's do Unless shots <laughs> in honor of my one year no. yeah shots of water <laughs> it's so crazy to think of that like I went a whole year without alcohol like that was something that I did every day yeah. that I relied on for to like suppress all my bad moods and to make me feel like I could go to social events and be happy. And I relied on this thing more than anything. Mm -hmm. And then I went a whole year without it. It's, I mean, do you remember like, I guess it was this time last year we like met up and you like told me that you're like quitting drinking. Yeah. You're probably like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause you've had a couple of those talks with me before but I just I, I feel like I could tell that you're like more serious about it this time because before you're like, yeah, I think I'm just going to like give it a break or mm-hmm. you call it more like a break or like a temporary thing. But feel like this time from what I remember, you're like, no, I'm just going to stop. I'm like, just I can't do it anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. I was just like so depressed and. Yeah, just so unhappy with my life and. I, and I remember when we met up, you like said something that like really impacted me and made me like realize how serious of a problem I had. You were like, you made a comment like, yeah, I hate to say this, but <laughs> like if I got a phone call that you like were dead, I wouldn't be like shocked or surprised. Like that's the kind of life I was living where I was putting myself in these dangerous yeah. so- situations. I felt kind of like a asshole for saying that to you, but no, I mean, and like, I don't know. I think it was just like you. I feel like more times than not, I would like answer the phone or I'd look at my text from you and it would be about something that would be like in a 
dicey situation, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I think I said that because it was like there was just so many times that like when you called me, I, I would have like a a feeling of like, oh, my God, like what happened this time versus like, oh, my friend, my best friend is calling me, <laughs> like, right. you know, like I'd always have like a story of what, what happened last night. Yeah. Just like yeah. I ended up in this crazy place with yeah. these people and did in the emergency room. <laughs> I'm in the emergency room. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's why I said it. Right. Because I like just didn't care. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand completely. Yeah. I mean, if that wasn't if something a situation like that wasn't going to kill me, I was probably going to kill myself because it's such a depressant. And I was just so miserable. I felt miserable. I looked so sick. I think that's like a crazy thing is so many, so many people constantly are telling me how different I look and mm-hmm. how healthy I look and just good. And, and I love it. I mean, that, that just like confirms and solidifies, you know, the positive change I've made, but it's just like that on the outside is like nothing compared to how different I feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I like, I just feel like a completely different person and and that's just um really cool so when I talk about all these things like that it's it's weird because even though my life is so great and I've had so many positive changes it's like I still have that constant thought almost daily like well what if like I can have healthy control drinking you know, and I have this talk with myself, like it's a year's gone by, so much has changed. I've grown so much. Like I would never let it get that bad. But, you know, my anxiety is just like still so bad. It would be so great to have like a drink every once in a while or to celebrate friends' birthdays or to go on a first date and be able to like calm your nerves with a drink and like all the you know, I still have that those thoughts every day and it really fucking sucks. And like they, they refer to that as like the obsession in AA and it really it is. It's like this obsession with like wanting to be a normal drinker. And, yeah. you know, it's like and maybe I would be if I tried, but maybe I wouldn't, you know, and maybe it would be really bad again. So it's just like it's so risky. And I just I hate that I have these thoughts. I don't want them like I want to continue to be sober and mm-hmm. like live my life like I, I am. But I think and I could be wrong because I don't you know, I don't have all the answers, but I feel like it's like if you just the fact that you like think about it so much should be a sign to you that it's like you couldn't just right be a normal drinker. Normal people like, don't I think normal people don't yeah, like yeah. I mean I just think it's like not something like it's not something I ever really think about. Like mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, if I want to have a drink, like whatever, but it's I don't know. I just like don't I could go like a month and be fine. Like I right. just it's more like the social situations for me and I think it's probably different because you like have made this decision. So it's like there's always that element of like you want something that you can't have just because mm-hmm. like it's out of right. reach. But I also think it's like that should could be a signal to you that you're like the fact that I'm thinking about it so much means that if you were to do it again, probably couldn't. I mean, who's to say? But it's like it probably would be a lot harder to control than you think it would be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like the m- huge thing that really triggers that for me is my anxiety. That's like I've had my whole life and it's just a constant worry, fear, stress of like everything is like, like a hamster wheel in my mind is constantly. And I just, I'm still struggling to find something to like slow it down or stop it completely. And, uh, you know, and so I just, um, I, that's really why I want to drink. And so it's like, that would just be like self-medicating again, which isn't healthy. So, I mean, I, I know all this and 
I talk to my therapist about it and I, I call my sponsor all the time. I feel like shitty because I'm like, I feel like I'm one foot out the door with AA because it's like, I can't fully let go of this thought and this idea of like, I can't drink, you know? And, and she encourages me to like, just do it. Think of it like one day at a time. Like I'm not, like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to drink today. Like I don't have to think like forever. Cause yeah. that like really bums me That's out. Scary. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, um, I don't know. I talk about how like great things are all the time on here. And, but I also want to be real and it's like, it's really a struggle for me. Like, and I feel like at any moment I could just like slip up and just like have another drink again. And well, honestly, I feel like you need to not like, I really don't want you to like slip up, but I think you also can't be so afraid of that. Like, it's like, it's not the end of the world if you were to ever slip up i'm not saying that you it's should not, yeah. or like I know. whatever but it's, but it's like not black and white all or nothing yeah, if i yeah. do then like, it's like if you do then oh gosh okay like we can start again like whatever right. like it's well my plan is to hopefully not yeah so. exactly <laughs> <laughs> but if saying, I, like, yeah i think because i i mean i've been like trying to also work on like not being so hard on myself obviously for like other things but i think sometimes things can feel like the end of the world and obviously what you're going through is like way more and like there's way more impact that like if you were to break sobriety you Mm -hmm. know than like other things that I may be worrying about but it's like I think just like being gracious to yourself and being like okay I have these thoughts but it's maybe I'm also saying like don't like feel so bad that you have these thoughts I'm sure it's like a very normal thing that a lot of people feel too and so it's like okay Maybe just be like self it's, like it's, it's more like just, just like, like I don't want them. I'm just yeah. like uh, my life would be a little bit more carefree and just better if I didn't have them. So, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. And I think it, it's a big thing is like this one year date coming up. It's like I thought like, oh, like a lot of people. Yeah, it's like a, a thing you you hear of is people saying like I'm going to take like a month. That's more common. But even a lot of people will do like a year of sobriety. Like mm-hmm. my friend Christine that was on the podcast, that was that's her a plan is to just do a year. And I was like, well, what if that's what I needed? It's just like a solid year. That's a good amount of time. And now I can con- like control it. And so I've really been holding on to that idea. And now that my one year is coming up, it's like I feel like I've I'm kind of like at a crossroads where I need to make a decision. And and um, I've really it's been like an obsession for the last couple of weeks. Like, what am I going to do when my one year, I'm definitely going to hit that one year. Cause I want to be able to say I did a yeah. full year without it. But then when that comes, what am I going to do? And I just, and now I'm here where I have to make that decision. And I've just like, I feel like I need to keep going with my sobriety. Yeah. I just feel like my first year of sobriety was just a lot of just like me getting sober, like going to treatment, just doing what I need to like detox and like learn how to like go to sleep and wake up every day without alcohol. And like, maybe I ate a lot of Froyo, you know, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I just kind of like didn't totally take care of myself still, but I did what I needed to do to get sober. And now I'm in a place where I'm sober and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to like really take care of myself? And that's where like this whole diving into my depression and handling that and taking care of that comes in. And like, I just joined a gym recently and I'm like, okay, I'm going to like watch my sugar intake and like exercise and like feel healthy and fit and like really take care of myself as opposed to just like staying sober and that's what I really want to do in this year is focus more on healing and and into like the the details of my life and like really taking care of myself yeah that's awesome I mean I think 
I need to do that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, we all could do that. But, but I think it, like having like a goal for the next year is probably going to help you a lot. And that's just like, I mean, it would help anyone. Like help me. Like you're like, okay, whether it's for the next month or next year, it's like a good way to think of it that way. Versus, so you have like something to like strive towards. Yeah. And I'm going to get just being so like, ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't wait. Because <laughs> I, I used to, like, exercise on and off when I was drinking. But then, like, I wouldn't go one day because I'd be hungover. Or, like, I usually would choose drinking over. So it was very inconsistent. And I'd also be, like, consuming all these calories yeah. from drinking. So it's, like, I never have really been, like, super fit. And then, like, when I quit drinking, even though I eat a lot of sugar and kind of, like, eat and drink what I want besides alcohol, I've still managed to lose, like, 15 pounds by doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, my thought process is, if I incorporate that... Plus, actually working out and consistently, and, um, and watching what I eat. Like, God, the the world is my yeah. oyster. I could You're be a supermodel. Supermodel <laughs> at thirty. Watch out. <laughs> no, that's but I know. love it. But um, yeah. And then my my friend Amelia brought. She had a lot of great things to say in that tarot card reading. Um, one thing I really loved that she brought up was like, think about it, like when you have a breakup with someone, they usually say it takes half of the amount of the breakup to get over it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had like a over like a decade, like long love affair with alcohol and more than that. I mean, I think I I was drinking pretty heavily for like 11, 12 years. And so I kind of liked that view. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. a year is really, (laughs) because like when I think about it like that, like I'm so, what was I doing thinking like a year is enough time? Like, yeah, I, I need some uh, more uh, like sufficient amount of time, and so just like even thinking about it like that, like okay, at least give it like five years, yeah. and then maybe you can like, um, you know, drink in a healthy, controlled way. But thinking about it as like a relationship, and like even my sponsor, I'm working through my steps. I'm still I've been on step one for like ever, but um, it, like she's having me do these things, and one thing was like writing like a breakup letter to alcohol, and I did that, and so mm-hmm. kind of viewing it as like this breakup, like a relationship, has been an interesting perspective to have on it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think like, I think it's like very true. It's hard to think that you can like get over something that was such a big part of your life and like such a small amount of time. So putting it in perspective that way probably makes it feel a little yeah. easier or maybe not easier, but it's like, okay, like you've sur- survived a year mm-hmm. now, like let's keep on going. Like, yeah. Yeah, because I I did 30 days a while ago, and I thought that was enough time. Like, oh, my (laughs) gosh. And then I was on this date last night with this guy who's also sober, and I was telling him the kind of this, 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 uh, like, thought I've been having about, like, maybe a year's enough time. And and then I told him, like, some stories from my past, and he, like, kind of laughed. He's like, that's funny that you think a year's enough time. And I was like... (laughs) I was like, yeah, I guess it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you always got to like kind of shift your perspective to like really see the truth sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, do you feel like you're g- going to get to a point at some point where you feel like you'll give up this? Maybe yeah. I'll drink again. Yeah. Like, I mean, my spo- like <laughs> no, I hope so. People like my sponsor was saying like that's happened for her. The like all these this terminology in AA, like they say, like the obsession's been lifted, oh, you know, okay. and like that happens when you do the steps. Oh. So um, 
am hoping, and I think that it will over are time. Are you doing? Are Are you gonna do the <laughs> do you, steps? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's taking me a very long time. I'm on step one, which is uh-huh. uh, admitting that you're powerless to alcohol, mm-hmm. and I think that's good. That's like that kind of goes with this whole letting go of the thought that I can drink, you know, yeah. admitting. And I think it's a lot of my pride. I was thinking about that. I've never really thought of myself as like a prideful person, but I think that that definitely comes into play here because I have a really hard time admitting to myself, like, you don't have control over this. Like, mm-hmm. I love to control my life. And it's like, this is one thing, like, I just don't, ha- I'm never going to be able to control this. Like, yeah. it's always going to be a power that's stronger than me. And that sucks to admit that you're powerless to something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I have a lot of like issues with control too, but it's more so like for my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like I hate that I can't control like, I don't know, like health stuff or just like when you're on an airplane, you can't control anything. Like, you know, great example. (laughs) Yeah. Like I always think about that with life because it's like there's so many things that you can't control and it's, it's really hard to kind of move past that and like allow yourself to be like, okay with the fact that you can't control certain things. And I think that's like a good example. Like your super, like alcohol is like a good example of like something. Yeah. Like I think even just admitting that you can't control it is like a a big step. Yeah. I just, I was kind of shocked myself by how much my pride like Mm -hmm. wasn't, was a factor here. So yeah, I'm going to keep on being sober. (laughs) Yay. And, uh, no, I'm very proud of you. I think it's like, it's just been, I've seen you like grow so much this year and it's been like, I don't know, just like really great to like see you like thrive and like just be like happier and healthier. Yeah. Well, it's like like for at least like the past few years before you got sober, like you were in a really like dark place. And I just always almost felt like a little helpless because I'd like try and like, you know, I'd always be there for you, but I'd like try and be like, I just want you to be happy and like take care of yourself. And I feel like I would like try and give you advice or like encouragement, but until you were like ready to make that decision for yourself it like i mean yeah couldn't really like do anything else or that i could think of right but that's why i'm just so proud of you because i felt like i've seen your like transformation yeah but and i think about that like the transformation like how much has happened and if it's like if i keep going like what else will happen and i think i need to be a little bit more like maybe being a little bit more proactive and being on the offense and just like preparing myself so that I, you know, like maybe like not putting myself in situations that are like triggers for me. Like, yeah. honestly, your birthday was so fun. And I'd say like day, the first night I was good. Like I had a really good time, whatever. I'd say by like day two, it was really starting to get to me to be around that much drinking, mm-hmm. you know, for that amount of time. And I think maybe that day I should have like maybe left earlier, you know, or I don't know done something to support myself more in that so when I'm leaving I'm not like I want to drink I'm so bummed that I wasn't able to drink like that you know so just kind of like being aware of these things that like tend to trigger me Mm -hmm. and like setting myself up for success basically I want to do more of that too definitely which is like I'm pretty good about that I don't like go out to bars with friends like watch them drink but like a lot of my friends do drink and I so I just need to like I don't know 
be I think I need to figure out more of a game plan with that. Yeah. And I think it'll probably hopefully get easier, but I like I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but like I think like it's like as you grow in your sobriety, hopefully you'll have those feelings like less and less. But I totally agree that like you shouldn't put yourself in situations or Yeah, if all like of my things, social things exactly, with my friends are like, just watching them drink and yeah. I'm miserable, like that's not a great way to yeah, live. So totally. it's like and I feel like I, like, definitely try and be conscious of that. Like, you know, when we hang out, like, I don't really drink because right. like, I don't, like, really need to. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, like, I definitely see how it can be, like, difficult at, like, party, like, you know, birthdays or, yeah. like, special events. Like, yeah, stuff like, like that. occasionally it's so. fine. But I think after, like, two full days of being around it, I was, like, okay, yeah. I've hit my <laughs> limit. Like, I can't be around Definitely. So that's another thing too, but yeah, so I'm just, I am honestly really proud of myself. I just feel like so much strength, strength and resilience in my life. And I'm really, I'm really proud of myself. Yay. That's, that's really <laughs> cool to, to say. I, and I highly recommend, um, it's your, even if you do like a year sober, even if you feel like you don't have a problem, like the amount of clarity that you get and just like growth that happens in your life is unreal. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, if you feel like you have any sort of like reliance or problem with alcohol, at least take like a little break and just see like what kind of cool shit happens because it, mm-hmm. it's it's really really cool. So. Even just like for health reasons, it's like <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, we um we both saw a movie this weekend. Oh yes, which kind of has to do with like sobriety. Yes, we saw, we didn't see it together. We saw it separately, <laughs> but we saw the Elton John movie, Rocket Man. Yes. Which I thought was great. And um, I was not expecting it to be so much about his like addiction and his mm-hmm. hard past. And I thought that was really cool to show that. Yeah, I thought it was an awesome movie. And um, he like produced it. So I feel like it's probably like pretty like accurate, accurate to like what he was going through. And I just kind of liked, I don't want to ruin any anything for people who haven't seen it, but. It's kind of like it starts and ends with him in AA. And I just kind of really like that they focused on so much of like how him becoming sober, like improved his life. Like, obviously, they didn't show that part because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it I was just, more focused on like the yeah. actual abuse, alcohol and substance abuse. Right. They showed but a lot I, just, of that. I like that they didn't just like not mention that like it it made it clear to me that like he made a conscious choice to be sober and Mm -hmm. that he like his life has like improved so much and he's been sober 25 years yeah yeah go elton john he is and he probably like he's did everything so yeah (laughs) you know like if he can be sober you can too yeah (laughs) and that yeah i mean some of those scenes where he's just like totally fucked up and he was like really depressed i was like oh yeah i've I've been there. I've, yeah. I've felt that way. I've, I've looked that way. Yeah. But he, yeah, he had a rough, a rough life. Um, what was this thing that you went to last night? Wango Tango. Oh yeah, it's like a music festival for iHeartRadio <laughs> for fourteen-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, um, our friend Heather, she got free tickets, so she invited me since she wasn't able to come to my birthday. Mm. Um, but yeah, we had fun. We saw the Jonas Brothers, mm-hmm. which I was like really excited about. Cool. <laughs> well, they just got back together, so cool. I mean, I don't know any of their music. Really? But okay, you're missing out. But Taylor Swift was there. 
which I'm kind of like, whatever. Like, it was cool. Yeah. I'm not, like, a huge T-Swift fan, but <laughs> she, she was good. And then who else was there? There was, like, Five Seconds of Summer, which I realized I knew more of their songs than I thought I, I did. I know that is. There was some uh, K-pop, like, boy band, which I think might have been one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> they had, is like, it the, the one band? where there's, like, literally, like... 13 people in the, <laughs> in the band. Well, there was five in this band. Okay. But they were, like, doing, like, pretty awesome boy band moves. Like, wow. all very synchronized. It was awesome. And then, oh, Halsey was there. That's, yeah, I forgot. Really? Halsey? I don't know any of these people. Halsey doesn't know I any popular music. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really I just fun. Listen, I only listen to Elton John <laughs> and I, Nine Inch oh, Nails. He's touring in Europe. And I was like, Ooh, should we go? Fun. Yeah. Let's go to Europe. Yeah. I would love to go I see Elton John. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, have you, we've missed a lot of Vanderpump talk because I haven't been oh, recording, yeah. but the, we haven't talked about the reunion at they all. They had a three part reunion, a bit excessive, but yeah. fully enjoyed it. But I will say that it was more exciting than the season. That, yeah, exactly. There was more drama in the reunion than the entire season. So thankfully they made it three parts. Yeah. And also, so for your, your birthday, we rented a house kind of like in the Hills Valley ish area, mm-hmm. studio city. And I think that's where they all just moved. And I swear oh, yeah. to God that Jackson Brittany's house was across the street. <laughs> Yeah, I told Lindsay she should have went over there and knocked on the door. <laughs> because I'm in a Facebook group called Sex Unique People, and we talk about like everything about them. <laughs> and I, I, people have posted photos of their new homes on there, and it looked exactly like that's really funny. The one so they could like, have came to my birthday. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I feel like it's going to be interesting. Now they all have houses, mm-hmm. and they're not going to live in West Hollywood anymore. So it's like, what are like, what's the show even going to be about? Yeah. I mean, they're just, like, really getting old. Yeah. We got to we gotta change the show if we want to keep them going. I think they just need new people. I'm kind of, like, over them. Really? Yeah. I, like, I'm they're, over like, too old for a drama. Like, we need some more, like, 22-year-olds. Yeah, but then I have to, like, like, build a whole new relationship and, like, <laughs> build the trust with, like, new people. Yeah, but you, like, really want to watch, like, Jackson and Brittany have kids. Like, that storyline is going to be so boring. I do want to see their wedding. Yeah. Some drama is going to go down there. I really feel like she only cares about getting married. Yeah, she just wants like the party she, and like the wedding. She doesn't care about, like, the fact she's that she's married. She's ignoring the fact <laughs> that, yeah, her husband is the devil. She doesn't care. Yeah, but anyway, and I don't know. And um, Gabby and I are going to be starting a podcast called We Don't Know Yet. Oh, yeah. TBD. But <laughs> I feel like it's close enough to announce. But The Hills is coming back June 24th. Yeah. The Hills New Beginnings. They have basically all of the new cast members, minus the two main characters, Lauren, Elsie, mm-hmm. and uh, Kristen. But yeah. to replace them, they brought in Misha Barton, who's like... <laughs> Wrong show. Yeah, wrong show. Not, not even the from OC a reality. Reboot. She's from like <laughs> a sitcom. So, I mean, I don't know what the thinking was there, but we are going to do a podcast yeah. on the and recap the hills yeah. um, each week. Which I, I'm actually on a work trip the night it premieres. Which I'm like really sad. Well, that's okay. You can still watch it. I don't think we should watch it together because then we're uh, gonna we we're gonna talk it, too much yeah. about it if we're together. We need to yeah. save it for the pod. Okay, so maybe we can record it that weekend when I'm back. Yeah, just watch it, take notes, yeah. and then we'll come together and you know share 
our hopes and dreams. I feel like we should also binge some of the hills before it starts. Some of the old hills. To recap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always down for that. Just to, you know, like refresh our minds. <laughs> the good times. Yeah. I'm really excited about but it, though, because I read that. Um, so like Heidi, Spencer and Stephanie, like uh, Stephanie Pratt is Spencer Pratt's sister. Yes. And they hadn't been on speaking terms for a really long time. Like she moved to like London and stuff. Like, she hadn't even seen their baby. Wow. And then they brought them back together for the show, and they kind of, like, reunited. Nothing like money in a TV show yeah. to bring a family together. They reunited, but then I've heard since then that during the filming of the show, they had another falling out, and, like, she literally called them, like, the devil or <laughs> something. Like I hope there, like there was not. cameras to record that. Yeah, I'm sure that there were, but I'm like, seriously, can they, like, not not be the worst people ever. I saw <laughs> a photo of Stephanie and I didn't even recognize her at first. She's had so much work yeah, done. Yeah, she really She looks has. like one of those wax figures from <laughs> the museum in Hollywood. She's just like... <laughs> no <laughs> no movement of the face. Yeah. And she's like orange. And, and I like, like how they're trying to make it seem like Justin Bobby and Audrina are like gonna like have a relationship again. <laughs> I'm like, she's married and has a kid. Like, this is not <laughs> believable. <laughs> They, they just, they're really it's gonna be great they're really gonna pull from some for some stories and it's just i'm kind of just really want to see where in la they go and do yeah. the filming because they're also like old they're like in their they're late, older than us yeah they're like in their late 30s like yeah. probably pushing 40 like the vanderpump people and they're like yeah let's start a reality show with adult drama <laughs> no I just I'm ready for some young blood. There needs to be like some new reality but not show too about young where I don't like fully um, I relate. I think like 25 would yeah. be a good. Let's get some 25 year olds starting some drama. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Put them on an <laughs> island and just see what happens. Have you been watching The Bachelorette? No, I need to catch up. Okay, is it good this season? I think so. I haven't. I'm a recent viewer of The Bachelor Bachelorette series uh-huh. so i've only really watched like becca's season which i heard was like the most boring <laughs> to yeah. watch but i liked it and then i watched bachelor in paradise and then i skipped colton's season because i didn't like him on becca's season mm. but he was at wango tango last night doing he, what he like announced one of the artists wow him, him and like he's living the his girl. best life but I so then i decided to watch hannah's season because i was bored one night and I, I find I found it pretty entertaining already. Heard, yeah, you're like the second person that told me it's pretty good. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna watch it. I have been binging um, Summer House and Southern Charm. Oh, uh, see, I've yeah, I haven't gotten into them. Like, has my heart and soul. Yeah, um, yeah, I love Southern Charm a lot. Okay, because I'm kind of from the South, and <sighs> yeah, I guess I could start. It's just like I haven't. There's so many seasons that I like. <laughs> Such would a need to. <laughs> And then, oh my gosh, Kristen Cavallari is uh, hosting a new reality show on Fox. It's oh, a dating one. Yeah, I watched Did like five minutes of it, and I was like, my IQ has significantly <laughs> gone down. It was so stupid. It's like they line people it looked up. Really stupid. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> they line up the guys and the girls, and they're like, guys, pick the girl you want to you want to room with, and then. They all pick one, and then it comes. It's an un- uneven numbers, so then two guys pick one girl, and then she's got to pick which one she wants, and the other guy goes home. Wow, what <laughs> a show! But these <laughs> I feel like there's some really, really, really awful um, dating shows. Like there's one, it's like on TLC or something, where you go on your first date naked. Do you know that one? 
<laughs> naked and afraid? No, it's not naked and afraid. Because I think like this one's about like you're supposed to, it's like dating. You go on your first date yeah. naked? It's yeah. like. I have to look up what it's called, but it's like so bad. <laughs> like who would ever. But what? people sign up to go on them. But I'm just like, there's no one that's found love off of this show. It's a, I, first of all, I'd be distracted. And then. <laughs> well, that's the whole point is like if you actually liked the person that you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was so stupid. You, wait, what's the point? The point was, I think like if you actually liked the person that you wouldn't. You could focus on getting to know the person and their nudity. <laughs> <laughs> they're completely nude. <laughs> what I kind like of doctor <laughs> came up with that? I don't know. I don't. I feel theory. like there's so many bad, like movies and shows. Yeah. And like Evan and I were talking about this, we were like, maybe we should become screenwriters because we <laughs> like some of the stuff that comes out is yeah. just so bad. We're like, we have like good ideas sometimes. Yeah. Like I was at the movies last night, and every preview and every like movie like poster around it was all remakes yeah. of things that have already been oh, done I, I think that's what we were talking about like no one has any original it was like godzilla remake yeah. men in black like lion king yeah. aladdin just like all of these things that have already been done are they're just like doing yeah. sequels like toy story 4 i was like okay we got to draw the line yeah like, even like up. i mean even rocket man obviously hasn't been done before but it's like it's a story it's a that was already story. written yeah <laughs> like, yeah. Or, like <laughs> like no one has original ideas yeah. it's it's really upsetting the only oh. one that was original is quentin tarantino's one i saw a poster for that once oh, upon a time in one? hollywood oh i haven't even seen that oh, you don't know about this they uh -uh. actually like redid parts of hollywood boulevard in like la oh. to like make it seem like it's from the era of like the where the movies filmed like in the 60s oh, or that's something really cool yeah so um it's a like classic hollywood movie i also want to see and I guess I guess this is a new idea, but somewhat. There's a new movie I think it's called Yesterday, and it's about this guy. I forgot like the exact premise, but this guy basically wakes up one day and realizes that he lives in a world where he's the only one that remembers the Beatles songs. Like I they like saw never the preview for that, existed. Yeah. yeah, and so he like starts to write them, and then I'm sure there's like a twist. I don't. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, it looks good. I was like, that's like a cool Original premise. Idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even know the last. I guess the last movie I saw that was original was Us. Did you see that? Oh no, I want to see that, but oh. I really liked Jordan Peele. Like. Yeah, I feel like like even I saw Pet Cemetery. That's a remake. Yeah, it's all freaking Pet remake. Cemetery. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Not the greatest movie I've ever yeah. seen, but hey. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll become screenwriters. <laughs> I think we could do it. Um, I could make a movie called Soberland. That would be kind of cool. Like who would you cast? My in life it? story. Me. <laughs> no, I no, write, Lindsay, direct, who? and star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lena Dunham. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. That was the only no, first thing that came to mind. She does. Actually, that's like, I always admired her for that. Um, but who, if, like, if you had to pick a celebrity to play you, like, who would you pick? It, based on looks or what? Just anything? That's, I don't know. Person that you think would represent you. Well. I mm. Don't go based on hair because you can change people's hair. Like, they could wear a wig to look like you. Right. Hmm. I'm looking at myself trying to see. I don't know. I feel I like what's pick. her name? Emma. Um, oh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. That We're would be a good one like for you. Like <laughs> yeah. Neurotic. <laughs> okay. I, I like that. Emma Stone what starring in Soberland. What, what about you? Who would play Gabby? Um, 
mm, Misha Barton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> throw her in there. People used to say that I kind of looked. Oh, like really? Her. I think I kind of see that. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't want her to play me. I don't think she's a very good actress. No, no, I was just kidding. Uh, um, just because they throw her in places uh, where they need people. Um, who could play me? I'm gonna have to think about it. Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> oh yeah, but she's like kind of old now. <laughs> or um, what's the girl from Gossip Girl? Um, Leighton yes, Meester. I love her. Leighton Meester. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, she's a little prettier than me, but that's great. You want to like <laughs> level up in the movie version of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I, uh, I should love her because I love Blair Waldorf. Yeah. Even though that's not how she would play my character, but you guys kind of have similarities. <laughs> I feel like I'm a Upper East Side. And queen. then I could just get Blake Lively to play me, and then it would be. Like a Gossip Girl. Oh my God, yes. Slash Soberland yes. collab. Okay. Hey, hit us up, guys, if yeah. you're listening. I think we got to write this screenplay and yeah. then pitch it. Is it just, <laughs> a, is it about my life or is it um, just about being sober in LA? Well, I think it could be start off with like, let's just like take the, you know, since everyone's remaking stuff. Do what Rocket Man did. We'll start in AA and then it flashbacks through your life. Through okay. <laughs> Me dancing ends. at the bar at Knight's <laughs> Library in college too. Because we don't need Me an original idea. <laughs> no. I think it could be cool. Maybe it's a TV show. TV show? Yeah. Cause then it's like it could be your like exploits of like navigating Los Angeles sober. Yeah. 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 But you gotta do like flat. Some have have some sort of flashback to like yeah, yeah. There'll be flashbacks when you're like encountered with like moments that trigger you. Yeah, I don't know. And then like we can add a psychic element in there. Like that's so raven. A psychic? (laughs) Yeah. She like (laughs) has a crystal ball. We can workshop this. Okay. (laughs) I like it. Um, but we do need to think of a name for the Hills um, yeah. podcast. If anyone has a good feel, idea for a name. Feel the rain on your skin. <laughs> I was thinking about something because like, the, the song's song. like, the rest is still unwritten. Oh, yeah, the rest is still unwritten. Yeah, that could be like a good one. Go on SoberlandPodcast.com <laughs> and message me your ideas for the Hills podcast <laughs> name. And also while you're there, check out the website, SoberlandPodcast.com. I have merch i'm wearing right now the anxiety tea yes i get compliments all the time people think it's so i gotta funny. order mine i'm gonna order mine the ASAP. um the hats have been doing the best the anxiety hats i do like the hats those are they're fun um they're a little bit of a tight fit i was told by a guy like just a mm. heads up if you have a huge head <laughs> order not, a size up do not order that <laughs> i'll i'll but email me and i'll get you a bigger size because like i guess they <laughs> it's a tight fit but uh, but yeah, check out the website and um, buy some stuff and leave me a message. And um, if you have any good ideas for a screenplay, yeah, <laughs> if you want to collaborate on a podcast, Hills Podcast, Silverland Screenplay, <laughs> Life Coach for me, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to help us with, please message me on there. Um, okay, so yeah, cheers to one year of sobriety, <laughs> and we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks. <laughs>